The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Joining us for our weekly music spot, it is Ed Smith, of course, from Today FM, and Dave Hanratty, host of the No Encore podcast. Thank you very much, lads. Um, Bono played a gig last night, well, a gig of sorts in the Olympia Theatre. Um, to talk about either of you there? Do you know what? Uh, Bono himself rang me uh, in, incessantly, and I said, do you know what, Paul, I call him Paul, I said, Paolo, I'm going to stay in to watch Wales and the USA, but thanks anyway. Yeah, no, no invites. I'm afraid for. Uh, for so the, how are we going lowlies. to talk about this? If you, we can spend the entire time talking. Do you about want to interview me about it? I would love to, <laughs> Matt. How in God's name did you get the invite? <laughs> no, no, it must looked in, like it looked, and from the people I know who went, yourself included, very special evening. Well, I was thinking about this today in anticipation of doing this this evening, and the last time I saw you two play live was in the Point Depot 3 Arena when 2015, I think it was, on the Songs of Innocence tour, which I really enjoyed. And it was a good show. And you two always do a fantastic show. Uh, Sometimes the live event can even be better listening to an album with you two, I Mm. think. I enjoyed last night's show more, maybe because it was different. He did probably seven or eight tracks, but he did them, obviously, without you two. He had a, a cello and a harp, and um, he also had a, a Jack Life, or sorry, what's his name again? Jack, Jack Life, Life Lee. Yeah, Jack Life Lee on discs, and it was brilliant. The songs, he did them in different styles, some of his old classics. And then he finished with, and I say it, I mean, while giving too much away in relation to the whole show, he finished on an absolute high with a singing opera and it was absolutely phenomenal. And it did strike me that if next year there was to be a choice between you two going on tour and Bono performing this set, I'd prefer to see Bono doing this set with the music and all the stories which were very emotional about his father and about his mother, particularly about his father who's the central figure and the stories that he told which are all in the book, but it's only a small part of what is actually in the book. And it's probably a new direction for him, but artistically, it was absolutely tremendous. And I feel sorry for the fact that mm. there must be so many U2 fans who would love to see this. And so many people who are not U2 fans, who I think probably would think differently of Bono if they were to actually see this. Uh, well, first of all, I mean, like this was the hottest ticket in town and I'm, I'm very envious, Matt, I, I have to say. I will say, uh, Wales USA was a cracker of a football match, so <laughs> it was, it was some, some consolation on an otherwise... Uh, tiny consolation. Otherwise, uh, you know, dreary Monday evening. But I mean, uh, look, look, you know, I, I have to admit, like, how poor I handled this one. I was like, I'll get a ticket, no problem. I'll, I'll, I'll wait a while, I'll get one. Then they were gone. I got in touch with, like, an industry person and I was like, is there any chance I could possibly... And they were like, no, there's, like, it's totally boxed off, there's no chance. And I was like, oh man, I, I really, I really didn't realise and I was told to my face I was like you didn't think that, that, that the man could sell out a 1200 mm. seater venue in his hometown and I was like look I'm out of touch okay but I think I think Matt you raise a point I think we're in the middle of a, a bit of a Bono renaissance I think people are trying to are starting to kind of appreciate him now and like, like at this stage of his career there was the amazing Colbert performance of which I'm sure you saw replicated in the flesh last night and I mean it's a debate that continues like it'll never stop you know Ask anyone on the street what to think about Bono, and you're going to get two different answers. Maybe a negative one, but I'm I'm firmly in the camp that I think the world is better with him in it. There's only 14 venues that he's doing. He's in Berlin, I think, tomorrow night, and he is somewhere else, and he's Madrid. He's finishing next week. So much effort has gone into this. I mean, people do promotional tours for books, and they might read parts of it and whatever. But he has developed this. 
into this tremendous hour and 40 minute show. It seems, again, like almost a waste, not waste, but not making enough of the effort that has gone into the stage so and, does the format and the take, performance. It's the, he sings a couple of seven, seven songs. I say it's with seven or eight songs. And then in yeah. between the songs, he does he talking. read... Is it talking or does he read excerpts from the book? Or no, is he's it talking. An, an interview? It's, 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 it's a performance. And yeah. with Bono, Bono is the showman. It's a one-man show. So yeah. it's not like Bono standing there reading from a book. This is Bono the actor. This is Bono climbing up on top of a table <laughs> when he's talking about the situation where he nearly died at Christmas mm-hmm. 2016, mm-hmm. had emergency surgery in New York because of a blister on the aorta in his heart. And he gives a full physical performance. It reminded me a little bit of earlier this year, there was also Gabriel Byrne's book, Walking with Ghosts, was adapted into a tremendous stage show that Gabriel Byrne did. Bono has done something similar, but he's actually gone further by the fact that he has brought all of the musical elements into it and new versions of his songs and talking affectionately of the band members and everything. And it probably doesn't have the darkness that Gabriel Byrne had and Gabriel Byrne talking about dealing with alcoholism, dealing with uh, child sexual abuse and his sister's death. But there's a very, very, it's, it's quite moving what Bono has done. And it's also very interesting in the sense that Bono is one of the most remarkable people to have come out of this country for not just as a performer and as a singer and as an artist, but also for the work that he has done in relation to humanitarian issues, which is a big part of the last night as well. And even as a business investor, and he has moved in circles that very few Irish people have. And yet at the heart of it was his relationship with his father. It was the most simple thing coming back to himself. But can I ask you, I mean, are you kind of getting at the point that you thought this maybe should have been a bigger tour and bigger venues? Oh, big time. I but then again, lo- I think people would love to see it. But based on what you just said, I mean, it sounds like it was very deliberately meant to be the most intimate possible portrait imaginable and like do one night in Dublin, small venue, make it incredible well, I think it's a for those sm- who can get there. It's a small venue gig, I think, definitely. It's not something that you're going to have in stadiums. It's mm. not going to be an outdoor thing. Unless he wanted to. I mean, like, it's the gigs he mentioned that we've all seen before, including that last three arena one, if, if he wanted it to be stadium size or cinematic, it could be. I mean, it was clearly a conscientious decision to, to keep it low-key. And like, you know, I like I say, I speak from a place of envy. I wish there was a second night. But I've always felt with you two that they should maybe, on the back of the last couple of albums, which you, I think we can in saying, with all due respect, haven't really set the world on fire, going in the direction of a Rick Rubin, Johnny Cash uh, type stripped back acoustic affair, I think would have been, and may still be, I think they still have it in them. They may decide to go in that direction, but I'd love to have heard them. Um, remember Neil Diamond did something similar, which is an incredible record as well. But I think, you know, Bono still has the voice, you know, there's that very oh, moving. Oh, he proved that last yeah, he's night, got believe me. Very moving, powerful opening. I suppose I may be related to it because of my own heart problems, but the opening uh, sequence of the book, I found incredibly honest and raw. And I can hear the text coming in now going, you know, there's probably split down the middle of the 50-50. But what I found about the book is that it's so disarmingly honest about himself and his position and his place in the world and what people think of him. And I think that, you know, realistically, you know, he does still have a great voice. You know, as he sang the opera last night, as you just told us that and they mentioned in the book, the doctor going, this man's lungs, I've, you know, they were almost unnaturally 130% capacity yeah. for his age. For his he age, added yeah. that in and he added yeah. it in. And but I, I think, you know, he still has a great voice. He's still got a great rapport with the band. I think this is just, listen, Bono, if you're listening. You know, <laughs> uh, 
I think going down that direction, more of an intimate. Yeah, but it's interesting as well that for artistic creativity, that if people have been critical that you two haven't failed to reach the heights of previous decades in the last decade, he has done something with the book and with the stage show which shows him still to be very much operating at the top of his game. It's just maybe a different game now. But, but that's the thing, I think Ed hits the point there. I mean, like this sounds like deconstruction as opposed to the idea of, you know, let's let's build it all up again, let's yeah. dream it up again, which is always his usual thing. And like, just when you mentioned that there, it, it made me think about how like recently that Johnny Cash album, The Man Comes Around, that turned 20 quite recently. And if you got a Bono version of that, I'd take it every day of the week. Any day of the week. I think that's where they should go next. I think they have enough, still some great songs in them. I'd love to hear them interpret some of their favourite songs. He mentions so many of them in the book, you know, and there's almost a Spotify playlist that should go along with this book. You know, I'm halfway through it. He is a good writer. Very good Super writer. writer. Yeah. And it got, it's got its Bono flourishes. He can't go four sentences without, you know, doing a, doing a Bono on it. You know, and, but it's all... But the he more, also mocks himself for Yeah, that but that's what But it's so, he's so self-aware and in a very charming and honest way that, as Dave said, I think the people's, hopefully, I would absolutely... 100% recommend reading this book, specifically if you hate him. And <laughs> I'll get the audiobook if you hate him, because he's doing the voiceover in a very bad yeah, way. Yeah, Mr. Full of flourishes, you know, as you say. It's all that you can hear it in his voice. But I think as I think he maybe has turned a corner, and I hope for his own sake, and I've been reading a lot of interviews with him, and I hope for his own sake that this has brought him some peace, because there's a sense now that he's it's, it's a reckoning for him. It's a reckoning of what people think of him. So much ill will towards Bono, and I suppose it's a reckoning towards his own ill will towards his feelings towards his father, specifically Bob, who takes up a, a lot of takes a lot of space up in this book. And I'm hoping now that he's found some peace, but it really is one of the best, most honest, raw, and enjoyable music books I've read in a couple of years. So a gig of the year, then, Matt, was it? Yes. <laughs> but you missed the USA. I'm telling you, Wales. That first half, the USA. First half, the first half. Matt. USA looked like Brazil Bono. 1970 in that first half. All right. Glorious Let, stuff. Let's talk about other things. Um, Mariah Carey loses a bid to trademark herself as the Queen of Christmas. Let's hear a bit of her. Too soon, we're a month soon. away. Too, too soon, but we're only playing it to make a point. You played too much of it. I mean, like this is a this is a trademark ruling. I definitely agree with. I mean, yeah, the U.S. Patent Office has stepped in and done the the honourable thing here and said you can't be called the Queen of Christmas, Mariah Carey. Why? Because another singer, a forty two year old singer from New York called Elizabeth Chan, has said I'm I'm the Queen of Christmas. Actually, so it's essentially we have to take this case on board and then put it up against Mariah's and see who comes out on top. I assume the whole thing will be thrown out. The whole thing is marketing guff, yeah. let's be honest here. And also there's this whole, there's this horrible thing now where the 1st of November is Mariah Carey Day. The 1st of November is all I want for Christmas Day. What? This nonsense of Christmas being a two-month holiday no. needs to get in the bin. Yeah, it, absolutely get in the bin, kick the bin down the street into the sea. Because <laughs> what's rare is wonderful and Christmas needs to be protected. You know, and I feel that I can't speak too much here, Matt, but I feel that playing songs 
before a certain date. <laughs> steady on, steady uh, on. You know, but listen, she's tried to trademark. Darlene loves the, the Queen of Christmas. We can establish that for her, first of all. And, and the irony of this Elizabeth Chan, she's released five Christmas albums a year for the last 10 years, That's I think. Too never much. heard and of she's her. Accusing, yeah, she's accusing Mariah Carey of trying to <laughs> trying to monetize Christmas. And she's got, what, 50? Is it this stage? Anyway, look, just to give you some facts and figures on Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas, it has made her $60 million between 1994 and 2016 alone. £380,000 a year just from the UK market. And I think £340,000 from Today FM alone. That's very specific. Uh, can I ask the question? I mean, like, as someone who's not terribly fond of Christmas, and Christmas music especially, I was in the store last week and I literally said to the staff member, do you really have to put up with this all day? And they're like, yeah, like with this resigned look of grief on their face. Um, essentially, is it a good song? And how good of a song is it? It is really? a good song. It is a good song. Yeah, yeah. I, I will concede it is a great pop song. I think Last Christmas by Wham is much better, mm. but this is a genuinely excellent it song. Is. There is a listener giving out saying we should be defending Mar- Mariah Carey on the basis that she is She's Irish. She's, or she, I thought she was Tip. No, no, okay. Carrie's a good cork now. Oh, I, I yeah. do. I, I know it's her mother, apparently, is the Irish I thought she was tip. Anyway, anyway it was she's got a very good personality, to be fair, and she's she's managed to lean into this kind of stuff exceptionally well through social media over the recent years. And, like, again, it's very marketing friendly. It's very Absolutely. capitalistic. It's all that kind of stuff. But it's also a good song, so it's conflicting. But I agree. Please don't play Christmas songs all day yeah. long in November. It's just not cool. Picks of the week, so make sure we have time to do these. What is yours, Dave? Uh, Stormzy. Stormzy's back, UK rapper. I'm a huge fan of Stormzy. If anyone has not seen his 2019 Glastonbury headliner, it's unbelievable. It's incredible. When I watched that on a TV screen, it was unbelievable. Please fire it up on YouTube. He's amazing. His third album comes out at the end of the week. Uh, The lead single is called Hide and Seek. Can we take a listen to it, please? What's it gonna be? What we gonna do? Here we go again. This ain't nothing new. I ain't tryna run game, but it's true, cause you came you made me You call me for help, you gotta chill. You need time for yourself, you gotta heal. This ain't something you felt, it's how you feel. You came and you made me feel. Uh, we built this all wrong, I'll take blame, but instead of us tearing it down, we'll rearrange, baby. Don't let it fall, girl. Don't let it fall. Oh, that is good. Stormzy. Mm, so, yeah. can you beat that, Ed? No, I can't. Up? I absolutely cannot. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move it on. Uh, no, I'm going a very different direction to Dave, but it's for a good cause, Dave. That's fair. Mine's for charity. Is okay. yours? No. No, but Stormzy's the voice of a generation. Is man, he? So yeah, well, Charitable. Mine is for the Simon community. Thank you. All right. So, yes, uh, each and every year in and around Christmas, top of Grafton Street, some of Ireland's best and brightest musicians. It's tradition now to gather, do a busk and huge crowds gather and money's raised for the Simon community with the pandemic. As it was, uh, they weren't able to do so, so they gathered in St. Patrick's Cathedral, December 2021. The likes of Damien Rice, Lisa O'Neill, Bono, The Frames, Lee Mumwainley, and loads of incredible musicians got together, recorded a series of songs, and they're set to release it as an album called The Busk Record. And you can buy it now, you can pre-order it now from thebuskrecord.com. And now the vinyl does cost 27 but all pros 
proceeds go to the Dublin Simon community and then Universal Music will be releasing it across all platforms and on the back of that this is out a tiny little while but it's definitely worth hearing yes the Kildare Cannonball himself Mr Damien Rice is back with a brand new single taken from the album The Busk Record it, I think it's beautiful it's called Astronaut I can be your astronaut If you want some space Or I can hold mirrors Right in your Listen, just to finish off, both of you, um, first we heard Pulper come into Dublin. Now it's Blur. What's this? Are we now getting to the age where it's 90s revivals? It's going to be instead of the 80s bands coming and doing all the gigs. Yeah, that's kind of what we were saying recently. Like uh, Blur are going to play Malahide Castle next June. I think tickets are on sale this Friday. This Friday, 9am, yeah. Uh, 79 euro, is it? Mm -hmm. I I think. And like, I'm wondering, I haven't looked it up yet, but Pulp got in a bit of hot water for having like this kind of VIP Golden Circle package going on with their gigs. Blur first announced Wembley Stadium, Malahide followed as well. So it's uh, unsure in terms of what the point of this is, apart from, you know, is it time to just make some money? Uh, And and the Pulp situation, I mean, like everyone was kind of rightly saying, well, why is a band that have so many famous working class songs doing this kind of VIP starts to the package hopefully Blur don't do the same thing uh, you know big gigs these days kind of come with a weird kind of premium but at the same time they haven't been in Ireland for quite some time 2015 Electric Picking was the last time 2015 yeah The Magic Whip was the last album they've Which had was a hit and time. miss yeah, I thought it's alright yeah. but they have enough bangers didn't they? haven't they in the, in the bag really I saw them last time I saw them was Oxygen years ago but uh, Alex James has come out hinting that there may be new music coming out in and around the time of these gigs so look it's Blur we'll get to see Pulp and Blur next year let's just hope menswear don't come out of the <laughs> come out of the ether and uh, reform as well we don't need that but yeah nice little Britpop revival no harm we have to leave it there Ed Smith and Dave Hanratty thank you very much for being with us tonight The Last Word with Matt Cooper weekdays from 4.30 Today.